Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going, so I opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the brakes when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. Welcome along to the Hurling Show. JJ and Damien are here. This is the original band. This is the Hurling Show from the very first GA hour. So it's great to have the two of you back here. <laughs> oh, it's great to be back. All right, yeah, yeah. Back Looking forward to the season very, again. Very important to sign up your stalwarts on a long-term contract that you're not kind of year on, year off. You know, I have you two tied down here. You're not going anywhere. So that's the way it works here. Damien, we renegotiate now with a contract again there. So like a few well, Chinese lads coming in there looking for a big salary coming. I, I don't want to go like Arsene Wenger and let you into your last year of your contract and you can go on a free to some <laughs> other podcast that's exactly what I don't want to do but uh, Damien how are you? I'm great how are you all? All good all good come here there's this we, we were talking about this on Monday Brian Carroll was on the show and he was very good on it and we we're talking about hoops on the Hurleys and they've completely gone out of fashion and well I, I was asking is it just have they gone out of fashion and the lads weren't too sure why nobody uses the bands I always knew them as bands but Cheddar and Brian were calling them hoops I don't know is that a different part of the country thing JJ yeah, I call them bands yeah. as well there's you got, there's, yeah there's probably there's probably different we we call it down in Galway which we have our own terminology and stuff like we used to call it tin, tin. we put in the tin in the hole but I, I'd have to be honest and say I didn't I never really used um uh, tins on my hurl like this since I was about 14 years of age with a give or take and I think the very first team to start off really not using any tin on the hurl was Wexford senior hurlers I remember watching it in Finland and and Martin Story and, and all these guys would say when you'd be watching when you were younger and they didn't use tin in the hurl so that's where it came I don't use tin I don't use tin in my hurl so I, do. I don't see the meaning or the purpose for it but other lads make out that they have tin on their hurl because it makes it a little bit bigger and they put the tacks into the hurl as well and 
Uh, also, it puts a bit of weight in the boss for long striking. And then other lads will just tell you that they're just completely used to it. And then there was a stage there, Colm, where lads were putting pieces into hurls at the boss, at the top half of the boss of the hurl, which was making the boss bigger. So there were, which is what was a phase there for a while. But no, personally for me, I just use uh, the ordinary shape boss, but I don't use a tin. And I myself, I have told you before, I use a small hurl, which is a 33. 34 inch hurl but I think the I do think the tin is going out of fashion but one of the main reasons why the hurley makers will tell you that when they do make hurls and there's hurls being left in uh, super values or all these things that it takes so long and so much time to put tin on a hurl for what you're getting out of it and then and all of a sudden they realise when they didn't put the tin on they were getting the same money for it so it was all just time and labour but I, I think it's going out of fashion yeah Right so like I mean what, do you use bands uh, JJ didn't uh, you? At the start now um, I get a hurl now off of Star Hurley there in Kilkenny and there'll be no band on it like you have the weight of what you'll be looking for as well and then after a while as what Damien was saying it does lighten out so I kind of sometimes go back into into um, Mark Dowling and say look will you put a, a band on that there just to the get way, the weight on just, it Just to cut you off there Brian Carroll gave his uh, gave his hurley maker a plug when he was talking about this as well so well done there <laughs> I you. think it could be the same one I'm a club hurler now so you know what I mean I need to get a go up the pecking order not county hurl anymore so <laughs> I have to do these things Go on go But on. no just um, to get the weight back to where it was at the start the hurley does dry out no matter where you leave it leave it in the boot of the car or, or leave it into the garage it's going to dry out there as well so to get that weight back into that you like I, I had to put it back on a, a band back on the hurler again just to get the, the weight back to again yeah it's, it's right. down to balance down to the kind of individual preference there as well if you want the band or not um, but that's the reason why I just went with the, without the band first and when it lightened out then maybe I had an option of putting a band on it to get back to the weight that I was used to too that's, that's the reason Colin, what, what, what used to happen then Colin was some lads then would want one band of tin was there and then others put two bands of tin on it then you'd often see a lad that if he had a preference to a hurl and it was cracking or breaking you could often see a third band going down through the middle of the boss but some lads put one some lads put two other lads put three and then other lads don't use them at all so it's all it's all just down to preference but um, I don't use tin in my hurl Right okay so the, the fella, this fella Colin Nelson said, replied back to me on Twitter and it actually makes sense what he's saying. So he says it's because all hurleys that are sold now are fresh. The hurley then shrinks, and it's like what you're saying, JJ. The hurley then shrinks, and the hoops become loose. So when it dries out, because they're sold fresh now, whereas in the past they might not have been, would they not? I'd say it's more down to what Damien is saying there on that um, the hurley maker is getting the same amount of money for not putting the band on as putting the band on. So and why bother him? And it's taking a bit of time there as well. Like you know what I mean? If you were put the week's work into it and didn't put the band on you could be making probably 10, 15, 20 more hurlies obviously more profit for the hurley maker there as well and okay. people are coming, looking, uh, coming in probably and looking you know, for not another, another thing JJ do you, know, do you know where lads used to get the, the band of tin off you might laugh at this and say where does the band of tin come from right well I've, I've seen it do you know the band that goes around concrete blocks yeah yeah. They, they, they'd often cut them and bring them home with them and, but it just, it just for band and hurls it takes so long to do it and you, you need to have one lad alone just doing that and he's clipping it and he's he's making it tight and he's making it safe and then you're putting the tacks into it so it takes a lot of time but uh, and then as you said the the, the hurls then um, the band gets loose and then to try tighten the band as well what they used to do is well this is always when we were younger we used to put it into a bucket of water to get the band to expand again to tighten so there w- no, but there, there have, the timber would expand there not the band yeah yeah, exactly. The right. Timber would expand, would say, uh, just to tighten up the tin. So, but as I said, um, 
And then if you had loose tin, when you'd be striking the ball, you'd be hearing the, the tin tapping. There's <laughs> actually nothing worse no. than when a hurl is making noise when you're yeah. hitting the ball. You just put you throw it in the corner. There's no way you're going to use it again. Like you know what I mean? It's just it. the noise of it. I thought that crazy. the band off the concrete blocks. I would have thought that would be too light. That's real light stuff. Would the band not be stronger than that, or is that? Yeah, we, be a couple of mil thick now that's all I've been that's all, that's all. Yeah, yeah. do the same job same yeah. job right right okay one other thing before we move on from this is Brian Carroll said he wouldn't ju- when he found a good hurl that he loved and it was the perfect weight and the perfect uh, size whatever there'd be no hoops on it bands on it he wouldn't use it that much so he'd only use it maybe in the week before a championship match because he'd want it for the freeze and he wouldn't want to risk breaking it. I'm wondering, would G be like that if you had a, f- a hurl you absolutely well, I, loved? I, I, I come in there, Colin. So there was no fear of that not breaking it, isn't it? <laughs> You're dead right there. Hit loose ball in all he was uh, doing, wasn't he? Uh, I'd, tell him we're only, I'd tell him we're only messing him. He was like that. He was only a loose hurler. Like, he wouldn't be going in front of heavy stuff. <laughs> so, so when you say loose hurler, you mean you're not getting into the thick of it? You're just waiting. You're a flat. You're, you're, well, he's a scorer, I suppose. Is that it? So That's you're in you're the wait, loose? You're waiting for the centre forward to throw him out the loose we, ball we, and he'd stop it over the bar and he gets on the headlines then. Like, Damn, you made a career out of it, didn't you? <laughs> I, I made a name for Joe Cannon I was doing it <laughs> <laughs> alright so that's a new techno, or a technical term out in the loose and in the what's the other one in the, in the rough you'd is be, it yeah you'd be in the middle of it you'd have your centre forward or your, your old school centre forward in there kicking in and pulling out the side and like Damien Brian Carroll out the side or fucking getting the ball <laughs> and slapping it over the bar then so then so seen every, every JJ every inter or, or call him, every intercounty manager I, and I don't care what one you name the, all they ever describe at train sessions is rooks, right? And that's the new name and new terminology now and phrase and hurling. Get stuck into the rooks and get stuck and don't allow your man to ride the ball and see who can come out riding the ball the quickest. And so so that's all around about. So you have to have a few lads stuck in the rook and you have to have a few lads hanging outside. So, uh, yeah, I'd probably hang out more than I'd get stuck in. <laughs> if you get stuck into the rook column no more than yourself, you'd only get a belt. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, I, you, you wouldn't catch me in one of those rooks. I, I would be totally on the uh, outside. But here's another question then. There are hurls broken a lot less now that there's no ground hurling and you don't see you don't see hurls breaking from two lads trying to pull on a ball kind of underground. It's all silky. Yeah, get it's it, all get, they're able to get it up even with three or four lads around them. Yeah, it's all position based and it's what Damien's ever saying. I suppose a lot of lads are training on... on having four or five lads hanging out with you and still trying to raise the ball and get it out, you know. So, yeah, it's very, very rare. Even you see inter-county games now, league or Walsh Cup or even championship, there's no one pulling pull on the ball anymore. No. Like, you know, and only is that where you'd usually break them or would it, it be would, from a block down? Yeah. in midfield or something but, like that, now you, you'd, you'd but, throw in but, the ball and be all, pulling like that, you know, you break also, hurls. Yeah, but, but also, Colm, a lot of time the hurls that are breaking are always the real fresh ones. So you're, you're, the, the guy that sent in the, the tweet is actually right. The, the fresh hurls are breaking and where the season one won't break as quick. But just going back anyways, to Brian Carroll's thing about mining the hurl, I, I suppose I would agree with that. You will, there will be hurls that you will just absolutely love and fall in love with. And I don't know about JJ, JJ can have these things, but for me, I used to have to love the whole weight, but I had, used to have to love the shape of the boss as well. Uh, you know, there's certain hurls and they are different and there's different shapes to the bosses and all that and you just happen to just fall in love with the actual hurl that you're using and you must love your hurl and if you do have a nice hurl that you have, you trust and you know your strike because you will kind of mind that hurl a little bit better and when you break it, it's like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm after breaking this hurl and then you'll try get the two pieces and you'll bring it to your hurling maker and start asking can you put that back together and don't put any more weight on it you can possibly and glue it if you can and don't put too much 
weight on it. So that's what happened. Would you agree with that, JJ? Yeah, 100%. No, I'd be the exact same as well. Now, come up to a match, I'd uh, play a match, put that away. You'd mind it. You wouldn't even leave it in the car. You'd leave it inside. You know what I mean? That's your restaurant's pride and joy. Make sure it's okay every day. You know are what I mean? I didn't bring it back out. Sorry now to cut you off, but at under eight, does your manager t- teach tell you to love your hurl? Like, is that something? Because I've, I've never come up through the ranks of hurling. Like, are you told? I know it's, it's kind of a thing that you play a good game. And you must have played a good game regarding the football, and then you've done everything the same the next day. You know that kind of way. So same with your, you've played a good game of hurling. Your same boots, the same socks, the same hurley, and this hurley just comes comes to part there as well. You know by striking the ball, you know you don't miss hit the ball or anything like that because it's, it's a huge thing that you your mind is right because you think this. Yeah, I have the same hurley as played the last day, so I'm going to play well again. You know, can be a small bit of mentality like that, but even when like you know forwards, especially free takers, you now they have their their hurl even to take, and when you're marking them, if you can break their favorite hurl, you, you haven't gone for five minutes. You know really? what I mean? It's just would that be in head, your head oh, as a defender? If, if you could, you'd be laughing. Right? You'd be delighted <laughs> with yourself in the back, but no, you couldn't let it shore, but you'd delight yourself because obviously a free taker now is just practicing non-stop for the two or three weeks before that with that hurl. Like you know what I mean? And he yeah. wants that. That's his. That's again his pride and joy. His, his routine is having this hurl. So if you can do break that in the first five ten minutes, then you're happy enough. Classic. Because you know, Brian Carroll said on Monday, says, well, I said, if what if you broke your favourite hurl, would your head be all over the place? He says, will you, will you have a second one that would be very close? I wouldn't be the same, no. I wouldn't be the same. I, I says to him, and what, what would happen if the second one was broken? Oh, well, then you're gone. <laughs> 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 well, then you're finished. <laughs> right, like, this is all very interesting to me, well, but Colin, we have to... Colin, Colin, just another thing, right? And JJ will back me on this. With, with, it's di- hurlers are different than footballers, right? Okay, because the footballer will just... The, one, the thing that they like most is their boots, and they like a light boot and they, some lads will probably think they kick better off certain type boots but all the hurlers it's different clothes because we all have our own distinct shape we all have different weights and everything and i just tell you another story I remember reading an article one time about Don Lukusic right and after reading this article I actually started doing it but he used to before he used to go out to championship matches he used to put a brand new grip on his hurl before the game right so that his gripping of the hurl was absolutely perfect and at half time, he used to put another brand new grip on his horse. Now, I know this is a bit probably OTT, right? But after reading that article, I did start to put brand new grips on hurls before every game. And I used to think it used to make an awful difference that you're using because the grip wears. Yeah. And you just want your, your grip and absolutely perfect. So it's, it's, it's funny the things that old hurlers do. And we have the same weight hurls and with the same shape. And you go back to your own specialized hurling maker and they know the weight of hurling, all that. And all these, all inter county hurlers too that are getting hurls made, they all go back to their own. They have all their own hurling makers. And, they, and them hurling makers take pride in the hurlers that are using their brand of hurl. And they're putting away the best ash for the lads. Right. Putting it to one side. So, for example, if JJ today rings up uh, someone to get the hurl, they go, oh, yeah, no problem, JJ, call out there. And they're going back into the back end of the shed and they have this particular ash plank picked out for JJ because the grain is absolutely perfect. So, it's just, hurling is just a little bit different with the weight, the shape, you want the new grip, all that. Where footballers, I take it, probably the most important thing with a football column is maybe the boots that you like to wear. Yeah. That sort of stuff. It would be the boots. It would be the boots, yeah. And see, that whole process, then JJ gives them a plug on a show like this and this is how the whole and kind then, of... I'll be work. calling next week for a couple of hurls. You know? <laughs> that's, that's the way it works, buddy. With the good ash down the back yeah, of the shed. Yeah. Well, I better, I, better, I better name my hurley maker. So, so I, I'm my hurley maker, TJ Larkin, Fancy Larkin, one of my good friends that makes mine. So I better give him an old plug there. Right, okay. So, like, I mean, I'm sure this doesn't go to, down too well with the cannings now that you're going off to somebody else getting the hurls off them. 
I'm that my hurling maker is TJ Larkin, which is Francis <laughs> Larkin. That's why I get my hurls off. There's one thing that you're talking about grips is that is terribly sad, and I think fair. I completely see where you're coming from, and it'd be the same with an old tennis racket where the grip would gone have gone worn on it and the minute it gets sweaty then it's useless and nearly in yeah, your hand yeah. the, re- the problem with this is they've done away with the old towel that you used to have the at the top grip, of the, yeah. the what, 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 what was wrong with that it didn't look <laughs> there was, great there was nothing right with it will you? <laughs> our, funny, Sean Dowling used to hurl on the Kenny panel there um, back in 2003, 2004, 2005 and he always wore uh, a towel grip on the hurl only man I ever seen on it you know what I mean he just liked that preference he liked it he found it very, very hard to get it after a while, but he still said he's using he it. He put that on himself. Oh no, he wouldn't. He'd probably have to get that put on. But that seems like a great fix, no? Oh, the towel. He put, the towel. It yeah, yeah, put, he put it on it, yeah, yeah. He put it on himself. Yeah. Right. Okay, listen, lads. Once I could. The towel, once the towel grip got wet. Oh, uh, you were gone. Uh, was it? Ah, you were gone. Rip, yeah. rip the hands of you. Yeah. But you have to remember, Daniel, when we were all young lads and you were going to all the J matches and all the senior games. What used to happen is a lad would break a brand new hurl or whatever, and next thing, obviously, you know, you'd roll to the side and get me your hurl. You just fling it. Yeah. You'd fling the hurl in the grip, and it could be a brand new grip on the hurl. And next thing you'd go and you'd be going around with half a hurl in your hands, just the top <laughs> half. When you go home, then Bring you'd the be putting home. that hurl exactly, and you'd be getting super glue and glue and, <laughs> and put it on. Did this stuff happening? Oh, 100%. Or, it's still happening. It's still or, happening. So it is. Or just, Recycling. Or just, or just be, or just because that's the golden deal where you, as young as you were probably all sent out brand new grips every week for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, see, JJ wasn't a promising... His minor team were beaten. They they, they, they would have had to change their own grips. This there. wasn't Tommy Walsh and all. You were, your yeah, minors yeah, were beaten, we were weren't the, you? The Black Sheep of Guinea there for a good few years, yeah. We're the first minor team in... 10 years didn't win the Leinster final now. <laughs> so we were just done away we were cast uh, on side these lads are never going to make no, it basically no. that was, that was <laughs> right lads we have to move on Jesus Christ we're going to go to town on it today um, Claire appealing to Tony Kelly Red lads I have written down here that they're completely wasting their time and it's not because it was a very harsh red it's because of the new directions and the new assessors and the fact that the GA will not rescind no. this or else what was the point in giving these directions yeah, in yeah, the first yeah. place, JJ? They, they can't rescind this one because the reason being it's the first incident that happened. If they renege this one, then it's going to be free for all really more than that. So um, they'll probably use Tony Kelly as a scapegoat for this in regard to make sure this head-high tackle doesn't happen now throughout the league. But I can safely say it wasn't. there's no malice in, in the tackle. It was kind of a clumsy, mistimed tackle more than that. But... No way it was it uh, a straight red, yellow card at most, and that was he should have yeah. got up and moved my, on. You know, my anyway. opinion on it is, my opinion on it is, Colm, right? That fine, they give him a red card. If they're not going to, to you know, take away the red card, that's fine, right? That's no problem, okay? His tackle was a little bit high, right? I think if it was a defender coming out meeting a forward, I don't think he would have got a straight red, right? But I'm just going to say this if they're going to do this, they want to be consistent. Right with everyone because if the, because I know there's certain referees out there right that won't give red cards for that. So it wants to be consistent overall, or we'll be giving it to the referees. Well, I'll be giving it to the referees on this show because you can't send off one player and stick by the rules, and then there's going to be another guy that's going to say that he didn't send them off, and that's his reason for it is, oh, I didn't want to ruin the game. It happened in the first minute. We had to ruin the game, or I just used my own common sense. Ah, oh, he's not a dirty hurler, or oh, there's no dirtiness in him, or there's no malice, so I didn't want to give him a red. He's never been written, sent off before. If they're going to do it to the likes of Tony Kelly, I hope they're going to start doing it to every other top-class player or any other player that does comes in with a high challenge. So they better be consistent on it. Yeah, no, exactly. I think you're right. But uh, to rub salt in the wounds for, wounds for t- poor Tony Kelly the other night, so he gets sent off. 
Now you could say it was a bit reckless. It's just that doesn't happen. We're overanalyzing it because he got the red when you're not used to it. Now, like I mean, in football you could get a red for that, but we know hurling the game flows a lot more, and you, yeah. it's harder to get sent off. It's harder to get a free. But after that, so he gets 43 minutes of hurling. Um, and Shane McGrath tweets after a Tipperary hurler he was at the game he says probably harsh um, he says but what I don't get at all he's made to do the extra running at the end of the game with the subs and other players who didn't play the whole game enjoyment has left the building do you, was this in vogue when you were playing JJ I'll start with you because uh, no we never we never done any runs after the field but the I, subs would the, the subs, subs do no, it no. Wouldn't, no, no, no but it does make complete sense reason being that if you take subs have to prepare the exact same as a certain 15 so they're eating exact same things and if you're eating what you're eating for before a match you're obviously fueling your body for it and you don't use that that energy to burn it off you're obviously going to put on weight that particular day you know what I mean? yeah. so I can see why they're actually doing it but no no we never never done it now to be honest with you you know what I mean wasn't in. Any, so no, well, was no, that no. in when you were playing it came in just for, with just a McNulty I, uh, I was in there for three or four months and he used to do it uh, mm. but like I mean it technically it makes sense because yeah, if yeah. you're a long term sub yeah. you're yeah, also yeah, losing fitness yeah. as well but like it's demoralising to ha- for Tony Kelly to have to do that with yeah. the rest of the team after playing 43 minutes I thought it was a bit a bit much Damien well it came in it came in with us with Galway with uh, Cunningham came in so um, what you call it I can see the point of it but the, the subs the subs sometimes kind of peed off they didn't get a run but I can I can see all the reasons for doing it but now some, now what they're doing um, is some, sometimes especially in the league they're um, like for example Waterford played Cork or sorry Waterford played Offaly last weekend and um I was going down to Cashel, down to Claire's parents, right? And uh, I seen in Holy Cross that the water subs played the 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 Offaly subs. So so it's either or, either kind of play a second game or you do the run. So I can see I can see the point behind it. But as a player, it can be as a sub, it can be fair and And then when you go back and you're the most annoying part of that, all that is uh, column. Right. You you do the run because it happened to me my last year. Recall it, right? I did a fair bit of running out when games were over, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but what you call it, um, you go in then and all the showers are cold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a dog's because life. Sure, the, the dinner oh, would I, be half gone as well. Like, I mean, if it's yeah, one of these catering so, things. So what, but, uh, but I'd say Tony, you know, I would, it wouldn't surprise me if Tony just jumped in and done the run himself. Yeah. With the, yeah. with the room. I just wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised because I know Tony and maybe he was a bit a bit annoyed or whatever but uh, I just said maybe he just jumped in and said you know he wants to get himself into top peak fit condition for the summer so maybe he just did it himself you know just to save but uh but that used to be the nine part. The showers would be cold, and by God, that used to be a nine. That that that's very interesting. Now that you mentioned that, I hadn't heard that before, Damien. So where were the Waterford extended panel played the awfully extended panel? Where was this? Well, it, yes, I'm wrong. I, I I stand corrected, just in case I'm wrong. But, but it's a great we, idea. We were, going, mm. we were going down to Cash. We were going down to Cash. As I say, down to Clare's home right? and we we were hitting down going the back road, and we got to Holy Cross, and I seen uh, awfully journeys playing. Uh, what I could see from a distance was Waterford jerseys, and uh, I'm to right by saying Offaly played Waterford in Turles yeah, last yeah. Sunday. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So someone told me that the Waterford subs, we call it, played the Offaly subs before the game. Right. So it so basically, so basically that their thirty players or thirty five players all got matches. So that's a great idea. Keep them all tuned in. So that has happened, and that has happened to me before. 
that uh, we say, especially in my, as I said, my last year at Galway, I used to, we played, and I think one day we played water as well, and we played the sub played them beforehand. So even though the, a sub could play 60 minutes, he might still come on the second half for 20 minutes, and he still had lots of energy, you know. Yeah. Whatever, but it was just to try to keep players uh, match and hurling fit. It's all grand, Colin running and doing all these runs and you're running from the 65 yard line into the 21 and what happens is you have to do that run in 15 seconds you get 15 off and you have to run back out again and all these little uh, bleep tests but like at the end of the day you're not getting any hurling in yeah. so you, you, you have to be hurling sharp as well as being fit sharp and all that so that was just but I, I stand corrected just in case I'm wrong but I took it for granted that it was Watered versus Offaly, and it looked like their jerseys. It was in Holy Cross pitch out in the back. So I, I stand corrected just in case I'm given wrong information. And, yeah. uh, Dublin were playing Carlow their Saturday night in the first round of the league there as well. And then the Dublin, the lads didn't play on a Saturday night. Dublin played Ballyhale on a Sunday. You know what I mean? So oh, did they? Anyway, over the weekend, whoever, if you're Both. on the Dublin panel, you're going to get a game anyway. Right. You know, so look, you, you train to play matches. You know what I mean? You don't train to run up and down the a field after a game. Yeah. You want to play games. That's fantastic, that's, though. It's, it's a really brilliant idea, yeah. that, the and If that's, that's 100% true, that's a brilliant idea. Like, why it not? You're, you're, you're traveling to the game. You're getting a match. You're actually watching your sport and your 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 panel there as well. And Jesus, no brainer. Really, yeah, fantastic. And you mm. know what, lads? We've the perfect. And you also and you also find out if there is a sub coming into a bit of form. Yeah, yeah. Like you can't judge a sub, and this never happened to you, JJ, because you were never a sub. But it, <laughs> it happened to me, so I can actually I can stand over it. You're playing with the subs, which is A versus B, as you used to say. As you used to say, the probabilities versus the possibles is what you used to call it as well, right? But you're playing, and when you're playing with the sub forward line, I just speak about the forward line. Everyone is trying to score, JJ. Yeah. And yeah. Column, right? To try to get recognised and get recognition, right? So, like, you get, you'll be playing there with a lad that's playing full forward and you won't pass the ball. Where with the A forwards, obviously, they might be playing a little bit better together among the team. So, w- when you do play matches like that, you know, the management of Washington, they could say, oh, geez, Hayes is coming into a bit of form there now. Hayes is going well there. Maybe we set him maybe the next game or have a look at him or whatever. So it's just on that regard, it's a it's a good little system as well. Instead of and like you're doing all the running and all that, but it's all about you know first of all seeing that you're coming into good form, but also you're getting match hurling um, fitness as well. You know. Yeah. Okay. And you know what? With this awfully Waterford. Um, thing we have the perfect guest to ask is this what happened because Parik Fanning is coming up next a lot of people do say what do you love about hunting they do say uh, is, it, is it the fresh air is it the great outdoors is it the trail no I just love killing things right? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> All right, delighted to say new Waterford manager and previous manager of mine, Parik Fanning, joins us on the line now. Parik, how's it going? Not too bad, Willie, and yourself? Before I get to ask you about our uh, managerial uh, player relationship, I want to clear something up that Damien Hayes was talking about just at the end of part one. And he told me he was on the way down to Tipperary last weekend and he was sure he saw the extended panel of Waterford playing the extended panel of Offaly somewhere in Tipperary. I think he mentioned Cashel. Can you clear this up for us? Um, yeah, look, I, I believe our minors already played Offaly um, 
our other 17 Wolver squads there before you know, that morning but no it definitely wasn't um, our extended panel we, we we have a few injuries so we're not really in a position to use the extended panel <laughs> too much at the moment with, with the lads gone so no it definitely wasn't us Alright okay because we were saying that was that was a great it would be a great idea to give everybody a game and there must have been Damien must have been very far away maybe it's like that far te- Father Ted thing this is very close and this is very far away that the, he thought minors were seniors Yeah I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how far away. Maybe he was doing a thing like the Leeds manager. He was spying a little bit. There, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he could be too far away up in the tree or something. But um, no, I, I, um, I don't know. I, it was definitely, but like I said, definitely, it definitely wasn't us, Damien. But um, it is a good idea. It's probably something we, you know, we are probably at times teams do try to do it. Um, and I, you know, we would like to give, obviously, at this time of the year, give as many lads a game as possible. But, yeah, um, not on this occasion, but it is something. It is, a, it is a good idea, as you said. So it's not very often that I talk to an intercounty hurling manager on this show that's previously managed me. So can you fill the listeners in on how this all came about? Oh, that's a bit of a blur when he has <laughs> Yeah, it's gone back a long time. Um, I tried to recall. Well, I say managed you. Um, with a brief period, anyway. That's that's it. I can say that much. <laughs> it was back in. Yeah, you had a period in WAT there, and I was GA development officer at the time, and I suppose it was a Holland College as well. And also, we were trying to build up the football. I had difficulty, I suppose, getting people there at that stage initially with football when you were there, having people to do the football. So I ended up taking it on myself, and I suppose I, I learned a lot from having to manage you. It, it, it helped with my people skills. It helped with my people skills as well. But yeah, you were there. You were, you were here in college, and um, we had a, we had a, we had a good football team at the time. It was. I think we managed to get up to Sigerson, and you know, it was a, it was a decent, it was a good period for us. And then some other people got involved, and football. You know, football it became quite strong. Declan Brown was down here as well, and. Donald Daly from Kerry so we had you know we had, a, we had a good football tradition here as well and at the time but it was good and a couple of our leash colleagues like Greg Ramsbottom there with you too he had a very successful minor team just before that yeah yeah which I was reminding a lot of people about down in Waterford when I'd have a few drinks I'm bad enough now 22 years well, later imagine what it was like back then well that was it that was it <laughs> at the time but it was um, but that, no in fairness you, you, we, we were very happy to have you a very good footballer I wouldn't take that away from you. So um, no, it was it was great. You did. You, I don't. I don't. You didn't remind me too much anyway because I was okay with it. Yeah. So I never actually got to tell you that I was dropping out. So 22 years later, I can I can apologise for leaving college and not having te- <laughs> not having told you I was leaving. Yeah, you were you were gone. You were you were up sixteen. You were gone. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we, we weren't looking for you at one stage, but um, I think I did. Rec- I do recall ringing you at one stage. And, it was no more. It was no more. <laughs> you moved on to bigger Let's just say you moved on and you had success elsewhere. <laughs> well, come here. You finally got the Waterford senior hurling manager job that you wanted because you applied for it in 2011. So, like, uh, you're looking at, at at the you know the Waterford senior hurlers since then, thinking, "Geez, I'd love to get my hands on that." Um, yeah. Well, first of all, I, I didn't actually apply for it in 2011. No, I, I know people actually were interested in it, but no, at the time, I didn't. It wasn't. Um, I didn't actually put my put myself forward. It came, I thought seriously about it at the time, um, but probably felt you know I wasn't even probably quite ready myself and different things going going on you know going on in the young family as well. So um, no, I didn't actually apply for it. But um, yeah, I, I did. You know, I, I was always interested in it. I suppose and didn't know whether the opportunity would arise. Um, and it, it look it did as it turned out this year arise, and I decided look to have a go. It's probably a never and never thing for me you know looking at my age what I've been where I've been before 
And I had, as you know, I had been involved in Wexford, and I decided already this year that, that this year was last year was I wasn't going back there anyway, just because I wanted to finish up as a boys for different reasons. Right. Okay. And like I mean, you were in with Leash as well, so you've been a, a selector with Davy, and you've been a coach with Leash. And I was talking to Cheddar, and he says you're a very good coach. So just wondering, in with Waterford, are you going to take a step back from the coaching kind of thing, the hands-on, and more manage the team, or are you going to continue kind of coaching? Yeah, well, look, I suppose an issue. Well, I, I do have a, have a huge love for coaching. I really enjoy it. It's one of the reasons I suppose I did get it. I was delighted, you know, to be asked by Cheddar and and Davy to, to you know to help out in their in their setups. And um, I did. I love the coaching aspect of it, and I still do. You know, I, did, I suppose in a managerial capacity, I have I suppose delegated and got. I'm lucky enough to have some very good coaches around me. So that you know that allows me to do that, and that's the way I want to manage it. There are certain things I will. Obviously, because I want to get a message across, get involved with it from a coaching perspective. So I feel, you know, and I do enjoy that element of it. But it's a combination of both. I am. I'm not doing, you know, full on coaching. I am. Or there's a lot. There's a lot to do with the managerial side as well. So I'm very lucky, you know, with Pa James and Iggy Iggy there and the background. You know, the S and C guys, even with Stephen and Joey, they have, you know, hurling backgrounds too. So it's been, you know. It's helped with all that and I'm very confident in you know what we have around us to be able to, you know, before I probably wouldn't have done that. Now I'm quite content with it. Yeah, that's, I suppose, the difficult thing when you're used to coaching is taking that step back and actually being the manager because coaches obviously can have a much different relationship with players than a manager can. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, and I think I, I would have probably learned that even myself, I suppose, in, in Wexford and Leash, the manager has to keep a certain, I suppose, I won't say a barrier, but, you know, because you have to be, I suppose, in, you know, in touch with it as, but you do, the boundaries are a little bit different, yeah. I suppose, from the, to the coach's relationship. But, yeah, but I think, you know, the good thing, I suppose, for me is that I've probably managed to be able to, you know, combine that a little bit and keep, you know, keep the relationship, that coach-player relationship, where at the same time ensuring, you know, that the managerial side of it is, you know, I suppose respected as well and, yeah. um, and understood. So, um, and that's important for us all, you know. But no, I'm, I am, as I said, I'm very lucky with what I have around me and very happy with what I have around me in Waterford um, and uh, enjoying the experience so far. Is the man management side of things with the Waterford lads something you would have had to put a bit of thought into? Because we all know Derek McGrath's uh, relationship with the players and then they finished up with a big barbecue in his house and did an incredible close bond and maybe looked at him as a father figure because they had him in school and all things like that so he had a, a very kind of special close relationship with his players you might see Brian Cody wouldn't have that relationship at all and I was thinking if someone like Brian Cody came in to Waterford after Derek would it kind of upset things or did, you know would you have to think about that or you just come in and be yourself um, well, I suppose, yeah. Well, the first thing I do, I can only be myself, I suppose, as well. And, you know, I hope that, you know, that's, that has an impact. Of course, I'm aware of the, you know, they had a fantastic relationship. But to be fair, what's probably helped me is the fact that it was such a, you know, I suppose, a well a well got group in the sense of how they understood things and the way the way they respected, you know, the, the, the setup that Derek had. And they've been absolute players, absolutely brilliant, you know, as regards to buying and the way they've gone about it and um, that's huge credit to them because it it's not an easy transition either after five years and you know I'm a different person I suppose in many ways even though a lot of things we might have similar thoughts on as regards to the game to a point as well so you know that was probably it is something that I had to be, be be aware of but at the same time I have to be myself as well and um, I, I was I, well I knew a good few of the players being from Walford and you know having worked with Fitzgibbon teams and even the lads in 2010 when 
a lot of those players, you know, that are more experienced now, were on our panel in 2010. So I had a fair handle and I knew a lot of the boys personally anyway. So that, that yeah. has helped, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, you're not coming in cold. And look, you're from, you're from Waterford as well, which is a big help. Yeah, it's a big. It is a big help. There's no, there's no point in saying otherwise. And um, you know, it's it, 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 it's definitely it's definitely helped me with the, you know settling in and probably had you know hopefully had the players as well. Um, but I think you know most of the credit for that transition and it's still going. Obviously, the transition is still going on. I suppose it's all we're all learning still. But you know, I think most of the credit for that has to go to the players and the way they've you know, said, well, you know, we have to, we, we have to knuckle down as, ourselves as well. And they've bought in brilliantly. And, you know, I, I've just massive respect for the way they've gone about their business now. And, you know, hopefully, you know, we can get a little bit of look as well and build on what Derek had put in place as well. And that's, you know, that's making everything easier as well, you know, from my perspective. Yeah, exactly. Mira, I have to talk to you about the style of play. I've, I've, I've read that you've, you've said that there's no necessarily necessarily no system or sweeper that you'll take every game, you know, as it comes, and that makes a lot of sense. Like, I mean, you see, Davy is definitely married to a sweeper, where other teams like maybe Clare would play one, depending on who you know who they play. But like, I mean, I suppose Waterford's style of play has dominated the analysis for the last four or five years. Like, I mean, it's like the the Waterford style was like the big bad wolf of hurling. Like, I mean, what what what's your take on your general philosophy on the game? Yeah, well, you're probably right in the sense that I, I wouldn't be married to one particular system, but I, I don't think, to be fair, um, Derek was, or even Davy is just by, you know, people see it that way, but, you know, even the sweeper system, people go on about it, but it can be a very good a, a means of attack as well if used properly. Um, and, yeah, I have I have different, we, we have a number of different systems and shapes, and a lot of it is around shape that, you you know, you, you might play, depending, of course, who you're playing on opposition analysis different things like that but um, no I'm not married to one particular system but uh, I'm not I'm not against or, or for the sweeper system in any, in any shape or form there's different even means of the system, sweeper system if you want to call it back you know some people call it deep line centre back at times and other teams do pull players back a lot um, and again may end up with 9 or 10 defenders as well it's just how you transition in, in different ways and that's the way the game has gone it's evolved because like I've gone to matches and actually looked at I even looked at Galway last year at different times and there's always going to be times where you'll have nobody inside maybe one player inside the 21 because you track back or things like that so it, it is a difficult thing and I think it's it can be unfair on teams to be labelled just a sweeper team I don't think that's right Yeah no well that's it but like I mean just from my point of view from watching games which frustrated me and um, you might know this but I'm a big Waterford hurling fan and like it would be like you know maybe Shanahan's left in on his own or whoever it is Jake Dillon and like there he could be triple marked and then the ball's going in and he's expected to win it with three you know sometimes I think from an attacking point of view while it can work from running from deep it didn't really give you enough options for kind of longer balls Yeah that's a that's a fair comment and, and a, you know and a very fair point and I think that's that's part of, I suppose, uh, what teams are trying to develop you are, or what I'd be looking at even as well. It's how you develop into, you know, when you don't, when you are on the attack and to ensure that you have the bodies where you need to have them. Um, I think I don't think you're going you're going to need to have a threat up there. It is it is difficult for a person on their own, and my philosophy would be, I suppose, not to to, to avoid that as much as possible in that scenario. But um, it is, but it's a, it's a lot of work to do that. There's a lot of 
you know, there's a lot of things. Sometimes you've got to hold the ball a little bit longer as well if you are to get support players. Because, you look, you do have to... Teams are running a lot more with ball. Short game is a lot more prevalent for everybody. So it does mean at times even your half hours having to track people because they have to are pulled out, pulled out away from your own goal. So it is difficult. Or even your corner forwards at times as well. So that's that's how that happens in the game. And you can end up that a person can be isolated. And I know the sweeper system does lead to that a little bit more. And it's something I know that I would kind of, I would look at. And look, you're always trying to think how can I how can I actually you know do that and be you know covered defensively, but at the same time make sure we have an attacking outlet. And that's that's part of the challenge. Yeah, no, definitely. Come here. I suppose managing the expectations this year isn't as hard in Waterford. If you'd come in last year after being in the All Ireland final, it might have been different. The expectation would be to go one step further this year after you know in fairness Waterford were destroyed by injuries and it was really difficult now maybe getting out of the Munster um, Munster group you know what I mean and getting into Croke Park uh, hurling might be more expectations this year where I'm trying to kind of say that it's not maybe as as high as it was the previous year Um yeah, I suppose that's expectations, and you know that's from from the outside or even, I suppose, among supporters. I, I like 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 no, no different the players, the supporters. We all have, um, I suppose, aspirations. We set the bar fairly high in what we want to do, and I think that's always going to be there. We have our own, you know, our own aspirations as well, and I think the supporters do too. That we get back to an All Ireland or get back to you know trying to be. We want to. Like, I make no bones about it. Come up. We want we want to achieve as much as possible this year. So um, like that's and that's for the players as well. That's very very important. Um, so we have our own expectations. We know it's a massive challenge though because like even Munster, you mentioned getting into the top three in Munster itself. There's a, there's going to be two really really good teams. I think the five teams of Munster. Oh, I think they can win the All Ireland. Yeah. So I think that's going to mean. You know, there's going to be two gone. So, you know, the challenge for us is to make sure we're not one of those. You know, we're in the top three at least, and it is. But we have we put pressure on ourselves in that regard too, and I don't. We don't mind that. That's because you know the lads have um, set the bar high. They want to do well, and we have high aspirations ourselves. One of the big things that will be a disadvantage for Waterford, and I think you're fighting for it, is to try and get the Munster League games in Walsh Park. Is there any light at the end of that tunnel? Um, I know the home advantage was taken off you last week for the league, but that's a different thing altogether. Is there any way of doing a Kildare, uh, Walsh Park or nowhere type of thing for the championship this year? <laughs> um, yeah, well, I don't think. Look, I don't. I don't expect it. I, my my own feeling is that, and I think my, there's no secret that um, I'm very keen for the games to be played in Waterford and at a Waterford venue um, for a number of reasons, and um, I'd be quite confident that will happen. I think there's a lot of you know, as I said to people before, there is a process going on and things that have to be looked at. But I think that's, you know, it's, that's advancing, I think, as far as I know. Um, I'm, you know, but um, and it's still going on. But my expectation is, and I, is that the games will be, we'll have two home games in Waterford. And I think that's what we're all aiming for, um, for our supporters, for our players, for us to have the exact same chance to do, uh, to win in All-Ireland as everybody else. Yeah, that seems fair enough. So, what what are the other options in in Waterford? Farher Field is what capacity is that, or is Walsh Park the option, or is there another um, ground? Yeah, you know, probably. Well, obviously, we have two county grounds: Farher Field and Walsh Park. I think you know at the moment they may well be equipped. Well, obviously, the city ground is Walsh Park. Um, I'm I'm actually not too fussed whether it's Walsh Park or Farher Field. Right. Once it's um, home, the big thing the the big thing for us is like to me. 
it, that's in Waterford. Once it's in the county of Waterford, um, that's 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 the big thing for us because um, it's part. It's, it, look, the home games are massive in 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 this competition when you get to that stage. And for us, it has to be, you know, I won't say it's a new bridge or lower scenario, but for the players, we have we're, we're looking for it. Um, and I look, I actually expect it to be honest. I think it's it ha- it has to be. There's no way we should be treated any differently. Um, and I'm I'm quite confident that will happen. Yeah. Okay. That's brilliant. Listen, Porik, we'll we'll keep our eye out for water for this year. Um, we know there's no relegation in the league, so like I mean, I think everybody is kind of trying out players, and you know, everyone's doing the same thing. Actually, it's funny enough, every manager is saying the same thing at the moment. We mentioned at the start of the show, everybody is talking about work rate and attitude. Is Brian Cody, Liam Sheedy, yourself, all the Maloney, all of the managers, and I think JJ Delaney was saying, well, like I mean, that's all you judge on now because the pitches are so bad and you know you're not getting much hurling in and yeah. it's just attitude and, and commitment kind of levels yeah well it is look the attitude and I, I suppose probably when you're repeating as you said with everybody else um, as repeat, but look attitude sets the tone for everything else and you know if your attitude is right your application is right well then you're in a position to live to deliver the other aspects of the game as well so you know we are we, we focus on like attitude is, is hugely important to me and to, and to everybody in our setup so um, you know I'm thankfully I think we we have a very positive outlook on the way our players and type of attitude they have at the moment yeah okay listen Porik thanks very much for taking the call best of luck for the year um, and we'll talk to you again no problem Willie. thanks a million thanks very much I'd never be allowed to go off in eight and hit a shite like him and you know, a slob or whatever like I was always doing a bit I remember, all I remember is I thought I was going to get clobbered on the way in there I threw the ball up in the air I don't know it was, it was pure luck no in fairness pure luck Ah, uh, but fucking bullshit, have you seen yourselves? Okay, Paddy Power predictions, lads, and um, we'll go through the Division 1A and 1B matches here. So Limerick Tipperary, that's the big one on Saturday night. It's at 7 o'clock. It's on Air Sport and it's on RT too. So RT are in on the mix on four league games, as we know. So Limerick are 10 to 11. Slight favourites at home to Tipperary here. Can kind of see where that's coming from. But the Tipperary one are kind of interesting. I saw a quote from Liam Sheedy at, uh, during the week. Um, JJ I'll start with you and he yeah. says you need pace and power in your team yeah. and for me Tipperary last year and maybe even the year before they had power but maybe around that middle eight were they missing a little bit of kind of blistering pace or yeah you look, looking back at it now at the time they probably thought they had play, pace and abundance but they did they were lacking they were a bit uh, what could say? it's very lacklustre maybe or something like that they weren't firing into the balls as, as what they should have been as well like you know but looking at them there last Saturday night I seen that they were Punt, they were kind of hunting in packs. There was two or three guys forwards. Now, backs will always have to chase. The forwards are where you're actually seeing where a team is at. If a forward is standing up, not chasing, that's a bad sign for the whole overall panel. But when you see the two or three lads chasing, and you see what led to Tony Kelly sending off with Shane McCallan, he followed Dave McNerney what, 60, 70 yards to hook him, and you could see him. He didn't even see the, the hit that Tony Kelly hit. He was over the crowd giving the fist pump there again because he was setting down a marker for Don't everyone. tell me the fist pump is back, back with Tipperary, is see, it? When Tipperary go well, the fist pump goes well. But it was a marker for himself. Like You know what I mean? He could have very easily just stopped and let him run up the field. Oh, but yeah. then he said, Look, if I ain't doing it, the rest of you have to do there as well. So it's a huge thing for any forward, any 
panel to see if the forwards are going after him, which Tipperary were yeah. last last Saturday night, and that was set down a marker now for the rest of the, the championship. You know, isn't it a strange one, really, Damien? Because it's not like this is a new phenomenon. Kilkenny have been doing this for since bloody it, the the mid two thousands, maybe even our, uh, kind of after the Cork rivalry when Kilkenny started doing this, or maybe I'm wrong. But like, I mean. Tipperary were doing this five or six years ago why would they have drifted away from that like we know all the top teams that's how they're playing now is, is this sorry just Colin is this just to up in the work rate yeah up in the work rate in the forwards and I, well your man well I'll just tell you a story right um, in 2010 I got an all-star right and we went over to um, I was actually the only Galway all-star that year but we went over to San Fran and the two managers were David Fitzgerald and Lean Sheedy, right? So also, as you all know, on the All-Star trip, we all play matches and what you call it over in San Fran, it was an absolutely brilliant trip. Were you, were you on it, JJ? Yeah, I was there, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but Lean Sheedy was, was our manager, would say, for the All-Star team in 2010 or whatever, right? But all he ever spoke about, all he kept speaking about to us in the first half and second half was, lads, it's a, it's, you know, it's a, it's a game that's on view, you know, have respect for the game and all that, right? But all he kept speaking about was work rate. All, he said, I want to see lads work rate being good. I want to see lads putting in an honesty. I want to see their work rate. And I, at halftime then, all he spoke about, again, Colin, was work rate. Right. He didn't start to, and he just kept harping on about work rate and work rate and work rate and and I know exactly what he's saying to these boys that you have to up your work rate and it's interesting that he's that and once again it's very interesting Colin the way he has brought Breen back out to midfield where Mick Ryan last year had been corner forward right and seemingly the, one of the first things that he said to Parik Maher was uh, when he met him was you're full back for the year whether you like it or not that's the first, one of the first this is the rumour that's one of the first things and he's and he's a pretty he's going to be going with that full back line for the year it's a, of Maher and um, Barrett and, and, and Dunham yeah Dunhamar. exactly all put back into the full back line right so he's going to be looking for workers now he'll want to get uh, Brendan um, Brendan Maher back into the, into the fold right so that he's going to be a big player for him as well because he needs to get him back but if Tip wants to be motoring if Tip wants to be motoring this year right they need Jamie Cannon, which is after giving him the captaincy to put extra responsibility on him, you know, to make him perform, right? But they need to be moving. But the likes of Bubbles needs to step up to the mark now. Is he right? a Liam Sheedy player? Well, not sure. Whether he's a Liam Sheedy player or not, Bubbles is on the panel for the last couple of years. Bubbles has fantastic wrists. He's able to take scores. He's able to take, right? But the man needs to get consistent now and he needs to nail his place down. So he does. And that's long short for it. So there's a couple of areas, but he's told Parik Maher he's full back for the year. Right, that's okay. what he's told him. He's has had problems in the in the full back area and in the full back line, right? And you see, and the other thing, um, Liam Sheedy always spoke about, and I listened to him on a radio interview about five years ago. He he spoke about winning becomes a habit. Winning becomes a habit, and the first thing when he got over that job a couple of years ago. Uh, we'll say he started getting tipped to win things and the first thing he won that time was the Watford Crystal League right? and it just becomes a habit so Liam Sheedy will improve will improve Tipperary massively but, and he's sorting out a couple of areas where he needs but he put the likes of Shamie Cannon captaincies to start getting more of them you know and uh, Parik Maher gone back to full back with strengtheners as well but Brendan Maher he needs to get him back into the setup, which he will. He done his crucial, and he's a big player for them. And it'll be interesting to see now when Jason Ford is on this starting six forwards as well. Who actually takes the freeze? Last year it was Michael Wright, oh, over Michael Ryan. 
Shamie Tamlin will take the freeze. Yeah, that, that's, what, that. that's what going to say. Yeah. He, he's given the responsibility. He will be 14 as well. Whereas last year, he's had Shamie in the corner, Jason Ford 14. Yeah. But this year, I can say it'll be either Jason Ford will be out in the wing or in the corner. And Play Shamie him on the wing will, in one of those. Will, will be in full form. Yeah. And he'll be on the freeze as well. It's just, yeah, I'd say he had a couple of decisions made before he even came into it. Party Mark fullback. Jamie Callan back on the freeze full forward as well and you can see the response that the two guys gave their last Saturday night they were two of them were phenomenal yeah exactly I think I saw Jason Ford playing wing forward in one mm. of those water for crystals but that was just off the team that was named on the paper I can't be sure but all the managers are, managers are saying the same thing at this time of the year lads it's all attitude attitude um, Ky- John Kiley saying even if, if you're winning matches you might be worried if the attitude wasn't 100% but I'm going home tonight knowing the attitude was fantastic Brian Cody we're looking for a good attitude at this time of the year lads to go out and play Porrick Fanning you saw in the Tipperary Clare game I was impressed impressed with the work rate of the Tipperary lads that's really the modern game when you don't have the ball you have to work to get it back we did that well against Offaly Liam Sheedy it was a horrendous night out there but I thought their attitude was really good their work rate was really strong yeah. it's like it's the sim- same thing they're all talking about JJ is that winter hurling I it's think just it is like yeah there's only thing you can judge this time of year like, yeah. you, know, you can't give out to a lad for a first touch you know, even Simple Stadium looked heavy enough there uh, last Saturday night and you, that's the best pitch in, in the country like to take the weather like you know so take it in account if you were going to hurl in there today now you could attitude is, is what it's all about if you don't get the, the first touch you make sure that your, your man doesn't get it and get the ball into your hand and, and can get win it but then like we don't know what training these guys are doing are doing heavy kind of running and heavy kind of dogging training and no stick work or no ball work or anything like that either so it's a, the only thing to really can judge people on now is work rate and are they actually willing to, to put up a fight now to keep their jersey you know what I mean? yeah. so that's the only thing really to judge on at it's the moment. A, that seems to be it Damien like I mean in winter hurling you don't have an awful lot of work done and is that is that why they're not talking about trying to get their system in place and things like that it seems to be all saying the same thing yeah, they're doing a lot of ruling at this time of year. They they call it putting it in the tank, you know, and storing it in the tank, and they're they're building up their running and their resistance and all this, and they need it for down the line. So, what happens, Colin, is this time of year, right? Because the weather is kind of so bad and the ground is heavy. You sort of do all your bit of running. You'll do a little bit of stick hurling, right? But once once after St Patrick's Day comes, when the ground starts getting a bit harder, right? Like that's when the new splitters will start coming out. So it was, and that to start maybe putting back on the multi-cogs and then they'll be all sharpening up their wrists in the first touch and striking and all that, you know. But I don't agree with this new thing about there's no team being relegated this year from the the Division 1, you know. Am I right by saying that? Yeah, but it's been restructured, Damien, so there can't be. Like, if they were relegated, yeah, it would well, make no well, difference. Yeah, 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 well, fair enough. But it's just, uh, you can have one team then, we'll say this, planning for different things where they're not going to be worrying about being relegated but yeah, if that's if it's being restructured fair enough but that's what's happening this time of year there's, there's an awful lot of running going on and gym sessions and bulking up and all that sort of stuff whereas it's after St. Patrick's Day I always thought that we'll say the real stick work uh, started coming in you know and like you take for example now the complete opposite uh, Bally Hale will say with Kikini they're doing the complete opposite all mm. stick work at the moment yeah. uh, getting sharp because they're getting ready for a uh, and all Ireland semi-final in February. You know well, what players now will play in Fitzgibbon hurling for the last probably two or three months. They're sharper. Yeah. They're sharper. They're yeah. the first touch as well, and then they're, they're training just stick work and ball work in there. Fitzgibbon yeah. teams. That's all they're doing. You know, and you know by the lads that are starting in the early rounds of the league have a lot of hurling under the belt with regarding Fitzgibbon because their touch is better. They're 
their awareness where the ball is, is a lot better there as well. Like yeah. you know, so you just them lads do stand out a bit. So it does take a bit of time before the rest of them catch up to where they are as well. Like Dam- you know. Damien's was St Patrick's Day. When was Cody's cut off point where you'd see the whistle come out of the mouth and he did? When the hour went back there. When the hour yeah, went back yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, that was. There'd be two oh, teams be, picked then, and you'd that's be when the praying for the hour to come <laughs> back, and then you could actually you could actually bring your hurl with you to train. Like, you know what I mean? Because January, February, March, you're leaving your hurl at home, and then you're coming out then, and you know you're in for a hard slog, but then just you're kind of getting putting the head down, get through them early a couple of months and then when the hour went back then they were absolutely like when we were back into Nolan Park then as well like you know what I mean so, oh, right. so the whole mood just went up there for everyone like you know Mick Dempsey be going around with a folder with two teams picked out yeah. <laughs> ready, ready to go <laughs> alright we'll get predictions on this lads Limerick versus Tip is fairly uh, even monies like I said 10 to 11 11 to 10 Damien I'll start with you I go with Limerick because it's a home venue okay. that. okay perfect I JJ. go with Tip though yeah. Tip, okay, 11 to 10 away. Okay, that's perfect. Next one then is Clare and Kilkenny. So Paddy Power have Clare strong favourites, 4 to 7 here, Kilkenny 13 to 8, which is unusual considering Kilkenny's great win last week, mm-hmm. uh, Damien. Damien, or JJ rather, I'll start with you. Um, what's your take? We, we all know all the names that are missing yeah. and how well they played. Now Cork apparently were there. Didn't raise didn't a glove. Raise to, a no, they didn't really. It looked like a team that knew they wouldn't be relegated this year. Like. Where's the game on? Sinclair. Sinclair, okay. Yeah. Go on, Chet. But um yeah, no, I suppose we won't know how good Kilkenny will be over only after this weekend, you know, whereas and, and how bad Cork were last weekend. But um you know, there again, Brian is doing he's looking for a few different positions now. Connor Laney came up very, very well and Hugh Lawler done well enough full back. Tommy Welsh played very well corner back there as well. Tommy like, Welsh like his fairy tale yeah. stuff and yeah, you Tommy yeah, Welsh. Another one on the way there. Yeah, yeah. He's same, club, same club, well, right? Uh, so he's no cousin. relation, no. No, no relation, no, no same club. Yeah, yeah, same club, right? Yeah. I don't think he's relation anyway. And uh, no, Jesus. he's going well. He was last couple of years now you could see him coming through and you could see him developing in the club games as well. Now he's very, very good. He's centre back for Tolerone there last year as well. And he's actually physically getting a lot bigger and stronger too. So you'd be hoping he'll he'll make his mark there as well. Like, you know, Paddy Deegan's very good centre back too. He was brilliant. So, uh, Cheddar was raving about him yeah, as centre back. Yeah. But he won't be centre back, will he? Well, Killian Buckley will be back there, you know. Unless he could be, move to midfield, maybe. Yeah, go back into the corner there as well where he was last year too, like, you know, so um, yeah, he has no, options, really. He has options as well. But that's what the, every man, every intercounty manager going into the league will say, right? If I get three or four things out of this league, three or four positions I need to be filled. Um, obviously, everyone done the root of branch of what happened in last year's championship, so they have all areas to work on. If you could use the league, have yeah, I'll start out my cornerback, fullback, centre back, centre forward, whatever position it will be. That's a positive league for any any intercounty manager. Yeah. Cause you know you're not going to be relegated, so you've a free shot at this. Yeah, the whole league is a free shot for all these kind of. Uh, solving problems for all these managers you know and what about Billy Ryan because I, I was at the intermediate uh, Leinster final because Port mm. Leash were in it and he played number 10 that day like yeah. you knew he had that little bit of class but the, the actual best forward for Bally Hay, or for uh, Greg Bally Callan was a number 15 another little Ryan fella yeah, he, ran a, he ran a yeah. muck is he near county standard or he'd be there but um, Billy's he, better yeah Billy's your better your man was better the other Ryan was better on that day but yeah. Billy's better Billy's more consistent now over the last while but his goal and his assists were top class there yeah. against Cork weren't yeah, they yeah he was class yeah. and he, what I liked him he got the ball and went straight for the goal yeah he didn't he's hard to forward you know Eddie Rennan kind of was in his club growing up I'd say he just grew up idolising Eddie and the way he hurled and he hurls very very similar to him because he gets the ball and goes and a point is a kind of a, a second resort for him like you know really? I mean? he wants to go for a goal first and even he's a big big man too like him but he caught the ball behind Stephen McDonald's head for the goal as well like you know which is a great sign for any forward like you know so yeah you'd, you'd be hoping now again you'd know he's a lot of hurling done because Bally Callum went on we were unlucky in the semi-final and got bet but he knows he's a lot of hurling done over the last three or four months as well like you know yeah. so 
What were you impressed with Kilkenny? Suddenly, all of a sudden, geez, was it? It was last year, was it? They lost their first two league games, and we yeah. were thinking Kilkenny yeah. are in disarray gone. here. They're gone, and uh, JJ had a slight smile on his face. And now maybe we're all understanding with <laughs> Hugh Lawler back in the mix, uh, Podrick Walsh maybe back out wing back, Paddy Deegan showing he can play centre back or, or corner back. We know they have a strong midfield. They have all the, TJ Reid, Richie Hogan, Killian Buckley, Podrick Walsh, Colin Fenley, all still to come back, Damien. Walter Welsh, mm. Walter Welsh, yeah, Jesus, serious <coughs> firepower they have now. Yeah, well, I'm going, I'm going to, I'm going to make a bold prediction. I think uh, Kilkenny will win Leinster this year. That's, that's my own opinion. I think they should have won it last year, right? And I think this year they're going to be a little bit stronger again. And I think the likes of um, the Ballyhale lads uh, being with their club this year, they won't have to do half as much slogging or maybe half the running or gym work which is going to benefit the likes of the Colin Finleys, which will definitely benefit the likes of Colin Finley because he'll be getting more uh, hurling and the TJ Reeds and fellas like this. So I think, I think Kilkenny are going to win Leinster this year. I really do. I think they're going to be stronger. And I think, um, I think Brian Cody is looking for a couple of players in a couple of different positions and he's trying things out. And um, I think Kilkenny are going, to be, uh, are going to be stronger this year. So I do, and uh, there's a bit of a team building there. I do and like the last day I don't think anyone would have predicted Kilkenny would have won the last day especially with the few injuries they had beforehand but um, the, the lads are, are going well the likes of Richie Lehi now as I say down in Kilkenny he needs to step up to the mark now and really uh, drive on so he doesn't and become but yeah Kilkenny have the players and, and I think they'll win in for sure yeah you're not going to fall for that old trick no, right, JJ, no. are you this Galway <laughs> not, not in January anyway, you know that <laughs> <laughs> this silly beggars from the Galway like. but uh, Lahey has to be midfield no he'll be he'll become he'll be a midfielder midfielder really, wing forward like, right. you know, then is Adrian, have Adrian Mullen good enough to start on that then he, is he he'll be good enough to be in contention all right now who's starting might be a big jump for right. him you know what I mean he come from club like, and he, he's ha- very highly rated underage he's a good, good good player don't get me wrong he will eventually make it 100% but will it d- this year I don't I think it might be a bit too soon for him because big jump from club hurling into inter-county yeah. the lads are bigger physically stronger and they're developed as well but um, yeah see but then you have Conor Fogarty and James Marr midfield at the moment like you know and Richie will have to hurt very well to get in that two of them are Kind of he offers something, he offers something different though, doesn't he? He does, yeah. But he can do that from wing forward as well. Like um, he does, he wins his own ball and he's very, very good. Like you know, but yeah, he's plenty of potential. Like you know, but he's going to have to develop on last year as well. Like you know, he's after he was came on and off in a couple of games, and this year you're looking for a more consistent kind of performance out of him and more kind of team performance as well. Like you know, so he if he wants to to, to get a start position, he's going to have to maybe throw the, throw the ball around a small bit more and. Um, just kind of get on the ball a little bit more there too you know but he has looked bags of potential bags of potential and seem he's, he's a good guy to train and a good guy to have around the panel there as well so look again there's, we've optimistic as well now he'd be hoping he, he'd kind of another 5-10% from last year if he goes like that we'd, we'd be very very happy now OK Damien last one word to you just quickly on Clare they've a few f- few new forwards that have shown up well um, so far in the years Dermot Ryan um, have I that name right? I don't have it written down in front of me. The wing forward like and Gilfoyle like too. Column, it's like this. Clare need to push on. Simple as that now, right? And they need to push on this year. Right? Last year they should have got to an All-Ireland final on two occasions. Right? They beat Limerick who won the All-Ireland. So they, what they're saying down here is that they would have won the All-Ireland if they, got the, if they played Limerick. They played Galway in All-Ireland semi-final and they felt it, you know, they were all over the place for the first 15-20 minutes. Right? And they had to play, adopt the sweeper system. They got they drew a goal with another win in the next time and it was four points up and they let that slip. They then played Galway in the replay in Torles and they should have won that game. Clear need to push on, but your the clear management have a few little things to sort out, right? Number one, where's Tony Kelly's best position for the team? 
in my opinion, they're playing in midfield. He's too far back at times. And I've said this before, I would play Tony Kelly in the inside full forward line, whether it's full forward or corner forward, and I would tell him to roam around the six forward. But their biggest challenge Clare has, right, and remember me saying this, is can they get Tony Kelly, Peter Duggan, and um, what's called the other all-star? John Connell. Um, John oh. Connell. Can they, get, can they get them three players to hold together? That is the big issue here now. Can they get the three top class forwards can they get them three players to hold together? They have the forwards, they have the players, they have a huge panel, right? I personally think they have a good enough squad there that should win the All-Ireland. That's not... But them three key players, can they keep them three players and can they get the three of them to hold as one for the, for the sake of the team? Why, right? they, no individualism. Were they not, were they I don't not doing care. That? They're three individuals. No, they're three... They're, I don't think they click at times. That's my own opinion. So, uh, and I'm entitled to my opinion, right? I don't think the likes of Peter Duggan is a team player, right? And there's times when there's awful shots been taken from corners, uh, all right, where he needs to bring that into his game. But at the end of the day, Colm, if you want to win stuff, right, and JJ will back me on this, it's all about the team, not about individuals. But that's one massive challenge that Clare have. Can they get these three top-class forwards start interlinking together, right? And number two, where are they going to play Kelly? Right, midfield. I don't think they're getting enough of him. I would get him roaming around the six forwards, and what role I would give him, I would give him the Podge Collins role, right, where he goes back into the inside line and he comes back out and he gets onto what we call because he's able to finish. But I just find the times when he's midfield, he's playing too far back like that. But um, I think Clare are good enough to win the All Ireland. That is my own opinion. I think they've the team. I think they've the squad. Whether they can get it together. Yeah, that's the interesting thing with Tony Kelly. I wouldn't disagree with that. It'd be nice to see him have a new role because yeah. he does go back too far. Yeah. And it's not just when he's midfield he goes back too far. When he's centre forward he goes back too yeah. far anyway. It's a, it's a, he just wants to get on ball. Yeah, any imagine, team. Imagine if, he, imagine, imagine if Tony Kelly was playing full forward against Tipperary in the Munster Championship and he was on Parig Maher, right? And Parig Maher is back there in the full back line told to mind the house mind the kitchen as they call it right because we don't want to leak goals every inter-county manager and JJ Delaney will back me on this will say don't leak goals let them stay taking points keep them tapping the scoreboard and if we don't leak goals he says we'll be there and there about make sure we don't right. next thing you have Tony Kelly on Parigmar at full back and he's running them out to the side he's running them back in he's running them out to wing forward he's running them over to the centre forward he's run, and he's getting on to his few little loose balls that the boys are throwing out to him he pops over three or four pints maybe each half like this. and next thing you've no full, full back in his full back line area you're causing problems like that but I just find that Clare aren't thinking outside the box in them regards they're leaving Conlon in full forward a big man and Pori Barron the two of them are going at try something different and they need to try something different with Tony Kelly in, in that regard maybe play him court but give him the Podge Collins role I know all about it because I had it in 2012 right where I was a Roman forward so we won the Leinster final that year so we just, I was able to go in and out at my own expense like that but I always had to go back in for opposition puck out I had to always be back in for, but once the ball was poked out I could go back in once I was getting and what happens is Colm you're getting onto more ball you're enjoying more you're running it's harder for a back to defend this and what happens is you start scoring more and you start making more assists and you start making more feed and you're more benefit to the, to the team JJ he's made a convincing case yeah, here yeah yeah <laughs> I was going to say there if you were an opposing manager and you're dealing with Tony Kelly midfield what you do you post your most athletic person on him and give you I'm going to give you the task of Make track his run 
because all Tony, Tony Kelly goes on the burst so the ball goes up in the forwards she's the layoff there he gets the hand pass and he bursts through and scores if you see the tip guy there the other day um, midfielder he was getting him getting his, Tony was running getting his head of steam up pulling his arm back pulling his arm back didn't let him get away from him didn't let him get away from him ball broke down the ball went back to the other end of the field but if he had to let him off Tony Kelly was straight through but and also, point, and all, and also, and also sometimes would you agree JJ when you're a midfielder it's either the best position to play or the worst because sometimes you're on the ball all the time but other times the ball can just bypass midfield yeah. but then you look at it again if to put him in full forward lane where's the space in, in the hurling field at the moment it's not in the middle third it's not midfield I know you're, you're lining out two in midfield but there's half forwards coming back and there's half forwards there's yeah. around 8 or 10 people in around there so if you had legs the place to put a, a, someone that has good hurling brain and can, if you want to put them on space is in the full, full forward in at the moment as well like you know again I understand what, what Damien is saying and, and it could be a good trick for because you can't let Tony Kelly go you'll have to d- designate one of your backs it has to, come to be out. followed yeah. you'll have to yeah. follow him you couldn't give him 10 yards of space yeah. that's what Tip done for, even from midfield yeah. he's been tracked so why not put him in full forward and then let him roam around then you're going to cause space for someone else anyway you're yeah. not going to so we might the see ball it. has it to be given the, there's lads making runs Colm right and i.e. Tony Kelly and, uh, and other top class forwards out there right but the lad uh, that I t- find the time to give the hand pass is or the, the time to give the pass is the player that's running towards the goals at pace yeah. give the hand pass right but there's some players and they're in the clear forward line they're not giving the hand passes and there's some players that are greedy and like I'll give you an example Cahal Mannion for Galway is a greedy hurler he is there's sometimes he should pass the ball a little bit more he scores five points some days and other days he's not on the score sheet but then he takes reckless shots from out the field right so as I said if, if teams want to win matches you've got to start thinking about teams there's no, you know, but that all comes down to the management and the coaching and I always used to say for the lad to pass the ball and I used to pass a group of the ball and maybe sometimes just pass too much right but when you get recognised after the game where a lad, your manager praised you for hand passing three or four balls and it turned out to be scores, you feel good about yourself, right? Where there's lads just taking shots to say they take shots and they're not team players. And i.e. sometimes you end up, your team ends up winning nothing at the end of the year. So it's, it's, all, it's all about the team, simple as that. Okay, that's interesting stuff. It's definitely a def- different slant on some of the clear thing. It'd be difficult to take John Conlon out of full forward, but then again, if Tony Kelly's roaming, John Conlon still play full forward. Yeah, he's you know what I mean. He's just not there, picked yeah. there. He yeah. just he can move from the corner into the edge of the square he while can Tony move runs. Into space. If Tony goes out the field, he yeah. can move into the space. Yeah, then it as can well, still like, work. You know? It can absolutely work. Yeah, Tony Kelly, John Conlon, uh, and Aaron Shannon in the full forward line. Like, yeah, it'd be serious. Pace. Yeah, you have pace, you have speed, you have power, you have hurling. Yeah. Don't don't forget Shane O'Donnell. Shane O'Donnell yeah, he won't very, be back until the championship, won't he? No. Yeah, yeah, as I said, you know, but um, as, as I just saying, I just think they need to just look at something different. They have the forwards. At the end of the day, you need forwards. No more than Galway. Galway need to find themselves a couple of few backs this year. Like I found in last year's All Ireland when they took off John Hansbury, Galway had no cornerback to come on last year. So what to do? They shoved Aiden Hart back to cornerback. Next thing, they took off Johnny Cohen the All Ireland. They had no midfielder to come on Galway didn't so what did they do they put on a wing back put Paul Killing back to cornerback for Aiden Hart out to midfield so like Galway need to strengthen their panel as well in different areas you know and like I know Galway have lots of forwards and what will happen this year in my opinion with Galway is there's like to call Mannion might end up in a midfield role and Johnny Cohn will end up in the back or or um, Paul or what's called Jason Flynn will end up out in midfield this is what's going to happen but there's two players just to mention from Galway to keep an eye on this year, right? And one of them is Rowan Lamar from Portugal. 
he's a good good player so he's, he's well able to take a score so he's and also keep an eye on Kevin Cooney which is Joseph Cooney's brother Joe Cooney's son he's a good left-hander reminds you a bit of, of Lara Corbett and he's able to take scores if you, he's a good little corner forward too just keep an eye on them two players but Galway need to strengthen and Galway need to sort out their goalie I think they have an issue with the goalie. I don't think they know who their best goalie is at the moment. So Galway has a few little things that they need to sort out as well. Well, that's it. I was going to talk about Galway. It was the other team I was just going to talk about. And they seem to be experimenting definitely because against Leash, there was only four players that played in last year's all Ireland final play. And it was uh, um, Hart, Mannion, the two Mannions and Joe Canning was playing as well. I don't see either of those two players that you mentioned playing against Leash, Damien. But like, I mean, he's definitely trying. Last year in the league, we were almost saying he wasn't trying that many lads out. He stuck with a lot of his... Well, it, it transpired that we didn't have a strong enough uh, squad, even though I thought that Galway would win the All-Ireland last year, right? But, like, once McInerney got injured, and next thing he was back for the All-Ireland final, you know, and McInerney wasn't running properly in the All-Ireland final, because I was at myself, and I seen him running after uh, someone from Limerick there, and he wasn't running at full pace. When it came to changing the corner back, they didn't have another corner back. When they wanted to put on a midfielder, they didn't put on a midfielder, they'd move um, eight and a half back out to midfield, which tells you this column that there was nobody putting pressure on David Burke and Johnny Cohn at, in last year's training session. Yeah. And, and, and all the top teams, right? If there's a midfielder not going well, it's the torchise midfielders going in midfield. They're not bringing the lads that have to go from wing-back back to cornerback and draw out to midfield. It's as simple as that. Go away, have lots of forwards, but they need to find a couple of defenders, in my opinion. But I, I just think what's going on out midfield or... or um, Carl Manuel in the goal midfield and Johnny Cohen might end up in the backs but they just need to find a couple of defenders in my personal opinion and I think they have a small issue in goals right which just needs to be sorted like they're trying out nearly like trying out another goalkeeper at the moment you know Colin Cannon is gone which is with Flannery yeah which is, he's a huge loss but um, as I said they just and there's a couple of players on the Galway panel that need to cement their name on positions they're there a couple of years so they are, and they're happy enough being subs, you know. So, um, like Niall Burke, he's a good hurler. He's either on the team, he's on the team. They're saying he's better coming in the sub. He's not like in the Leinster final, he scored four points from places. So he played very well in the Leinster final. The next game, he's a sub. So there's certain players that just need to absolutely cement their place on the team. But Galway need to strengthen their squad. Uh, but just keep an eye on them too. They're two young forwards. So they are Kevin Cooney and Ron Lamalas. Two, two lively players and well able to take scores Right okay so Colin Mannion going to midfield obviously we'll put Johnny Cohen in the backs and we'll give them a seventh defender one on the bench but a, option, a good yeah. strong fella yeah. that gives them options like it, it seems to me he's looking for options yeah. Porrick Mannion's playing centre half back look yeah. obviously if if uh, their centre back oh, McInerney's yeah. out then he can he can yeah. seamlessly go in there this is what they should have been doing last year did you? But again, hindsight is a great thing you know what I mean like, is, that not never... the is that not the brilliance of Cody and that he, he he very rarely put out the same team that won the All-Ireland there was always one or two little changes yeah. and one or two la- maybe but all the strength of, all the talk last year was the strength of the Galway six forwards and a couple of two or three lads come on the Niall Burks and Jason Flynn's and, yeah. and uh, Johnny Glynn if he wasn't starting you know what I mean they were always I suppose that kind of masked over the problems they had at the back then as well like you know whereas I don't think Aidan Hart had uh, a good year last year as he had the year they won it as well like you know what I mean and, and Adrian Toohey was the same as well John Henry was the same they were excellent the year before but they didn't really reach that height that they did um, last year you know that kind of way so 
like now it's 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 known that they need a few different options there in the backs there as well. And look, Johnny Cohn started his career at corner back there as well, and he could very easily go back in there as well. Like you know, and and um, Cottle Mannion, I'd say he would midfield probably would suit him. He'd pick up a lot of loose ball, and he has, as he's shown there, he'll shoot. He will shoot, yeah, and he's accurate now. He will he'll make the goal as well. To be fair, like you know, yeah. so yeah, no, again the league is where you're going to have to if they don't trade in the league they're not going to trade in the Leinster Championship you know what I mean so this is the opportunity to, the next few weeks and JJ I think they need to give Jason Flynn a more of a run this year now yeah. as I say that, that lad is a good hurler now and he's I and he's, he's a big man I think we should be trying him midfield this year or maybe in the half four line he's able to hurl and he hasn't got he hasn't got much time game time he's I, always this impact sub and like in uh, when Galway won the All Ireland only for Niall Burke, Niall Burke and Jason Finn uh, Galway wouldn't have won the All Ireland mm-hmm. on the day but I just think Jason Finn he's a young he's a young fella he's from our neighbouring club Tommy Larkin but I just think he needs to get more of a run this year and, and he, he's well able to hurl now that, that lad is a good striker for ball as well and, and I I just think he needs to get a more of a run this year now than he did in other years and cement his place. And certain lads need to cement their place. Like, yeah. JJ, let's be honest, Paul, when you were 23, 24 years of age, you had your place completely cemented on the Kilkenny team, no more than me, and not being big-headed. Yeah. When I was 23, 24, I had my name cemented on the team, and you didn't take it for granted, you just ploughed on. But there's something clear on the Gawai panel, and even in the Clare panel, that haven't their names cemented on team sheets which is not a good thing. And then this thing saying, I wonder if he better come out as a sub and he's better coming out as a sub. That to me is not a, a, no. a positive. No, that's it, an instant you know, to a player. That's, like. that's the most sickening role you could ever get yeah. is a manager to come over and say, you're better as an impact sub. Lord, that used to sicken me by well, the you heart. But I wonder, does it break? See, it depends on the mentality of the player. I often saw some fellas on the leash squad, and if they were injured, you can nearly tell by them they were half relieved. There's a lot of pressure on you when you have to start, and sometimes. <laughs> what did they win? That's it. Story ended. What did they win? Yeah, one Leinster, but like I mean, I'm not saying these are definite starters. But if they if they did start, if they were going to start, you could see they're clearly shitting it here yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean whereas yeah. if a fella if they know they're coming why are you doing all that if, training if, if, if you don't want to play you know the kind of way that's but if, you, if they know they're coming on as a why, sub they're happy why, seem, seem I, to be happy with it I couldn't agree I couldn't agree more with JJ why are you doing all this training oh. if you don't want to play I just you're 100% right JJ there are certain players that are happy being subs and that is not good no, no, it's definitely not. Don't think I'm in any way on the other side of this argument, lads. I'm absolutely, <laughs> Jesus, I have a phobia of being a soap. Like, I mean, that's out of the question. Anyways, we've gone too far here, lads. I want to get predictions. Cork, Wexford, we have to keep this very short, lads. We'll just get this in a word. Cork are 4-9, to nine, Wexford 21-10. to 10. And Wexford, to me, looked like they're a little bit on the slide, that they're maybe not the force... I don't know gone stale maybe JJ is that yeah, fair to say um, I, I don't know I think they were fighting battle against Limerick their, their last day right? but I think looking at Cork last week I can't see Cork winning but again so you're a Wexford 21 yeah, to 10 or a Wexford, decent price yeah, yeah, what about yeah. you JJ or what about you Damien Where, where's the game it's in Parky Keeve yeah, very I'm, very I'm expensive Parky Keeve <laughs> yeah, well, I, 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 I go with Cork and I think Cork well, I'd say there'll have been a few hard words set this week at training, so I think there's a good kick up the backside. And I think Wexford this year, I think they need to find a couple of couple of more forwards if yeah. they're going to push on. See, I wonder will even hard words be said. I think I've Cork never have a good league. Cork are a bloody summer day, thurless, beautiful style, beautiful slick 
Cork team they're a championship team JJ like, yeah I mean, but you, you were talking about earlier on like um, the lads that go in and win the ball and throw them out they've too many they, need, they, they, need, to, them. they need to find a few of their, them guys actually win the ball for them and throw it out the likes of Patrick Horgan Pat Horgan gets the ball in his hand he'll score all day no, that's no issue at all they're relying too much on Seamus Harney Seamus Harney does a huge amount of work for that Cork team and if Seamus Harney is playing on Sunday I'd say right okay they have a fighting chance of winning that but if he's not he's playing back, yeah. if he is back like they have a great chance but they need to find this is where the league bases would be to find them a couple of players like Ed Marsh is back didn't really work the last week or last, last Sunday so he, he might get another chance now again Sunday but they need to find a ball winner win, win the hard ball and Connerly hand these as will burn you with pace and slap the ball over the bar for left to right no issues whatsoever but they need a couple of guys to win the ball for him and throw it out to these guys like. yeah okay perfect stuff right but the other three lads we won't spend much time because like I mean Galway Waterford and Dublin are all 1-20 to 1-33 to uh, to beat Carlo to beat Leash and to beat Offaly uh, respectively so we'll all go with that we've gone yeah. way over time so we may leave it there thanks very much lads and we'll be back on Monday with a review show as usual we'll talk to you then good luck When I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So it opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Waterford today because, like, I, I'm hard, I'm heartbroken. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.